Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Off week Tuesday. I'm Michael Borkies, Brian Haydack. Glad you guys are with us. Yeah, nobody's playing on Saturday. Not around here anyway. So hopefully your wedding is planned for Saturday. Your birthday party, hand up. <laughs> birthday party is being had on this Saturday as opposed to the next one, which is a little bit closer to the actual birthday. But, uh, you know, got to do what you got to do. Got it. You got to make schedules work sometimes. Yeah, if you have... So. Usually, if you tell your spouse that football season Saturdays, they're kind of just occupied. You can, especially if they don't know. If they don't know that this weekend is uh, an off weekend, hey, honey, you know, you put up every Saturday, you know, me watching football, and, and I appreciate that so much. And I'll tell you what, this Saturday, we'll do whatever you want to do. You want to go to the pumpkin patch? Take pictures with the kids wearing our matching flannel shirts. I'll do that. I think we should do that this Saturday. Oh, what time's kickoff? Don't worry about football. It doesn't matter this Saturday. It's just about the family. This is your weekend. If you can pull that off, yeah. Or you can go the other way with it and be like, hey, I got no responsibilities, which means I can watch football all day. (laughs) Which Which is what I'm going to do. Uh, is a, a really good day. A lot of good games. We'll get to lines here uh, in a little bit. So we'll do lines. We're also going to do midseason uh, report cards for Lane Kiffin and Zach Arnett to start the 5 o'clock hour. Letter grades, just like you're back in school. I don't know about you. I have a recurring dream. I guess you can call it a nightmare. Where I show up to a class and there was an assignment due. And I didn't do it and I didn't know about it. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time I have that dream, and then I wake up, it's like, dude, you're 31, you have a degree. What do you... It, I've been there. It stresses me out. So we're actually going to go back to school and assign a letter grade six games into the season, halfway through for Lane Kiffin and Zach Arnett. Of course, your text on the text line, 601-879-4395. We will get a... Uh, uh, I don't know if... Update's not the, the word we're, we're going to describe it. We'll talk to Luke about Southern Miss, but it's not exactly going to be about the game Saturday. It's going to be about, okay, that happened. They're one in five. Now what? That's yeah. coming up here 
in about 20 minutes from right now. We can start two different places, though. We can start with a football thing, or we can start with a funny thing with a Mississippi tie that is not sports-related. So take your pick. Football, SEC football, or a Mississippi tied thing that's funny that has nothing to do with sports. Feels like we'll have enough football throughout the show. So let, let's start with the with the the off-brand story here. 56-year-old Sandra Lynn Henson is now being dubbed the quote Mid-South Wedding Crasher was arrested in Pontotoc County last week after a string of crashed weddings in Mississippi, Tennessee, and Alabama. I'm reading from Super Talk News. You can read the whole story at supertalk.fm. Instead of simply partaking in the festivities as Hollywood had it, shout out uh, uh, Owen Wilson, Wedding Crashers, all time, just a classic comedy. Yeah, that's a thing that people do. Uh, but not not her, actually. Henson was stealing gifts from the newlyweds, as well as money and credit cards from attendees. She is being charged with larceny, trespassing, and disturbing the peace. Here's a, a quote from the Pontotoc County Sheriff's Office. Ms. Henson was wanted in Alabama and was arrested at a wedding in Pontotoc County. She's been arrested in Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi for crashing weddings and stealing money and cards from purses. According to AL.com, Henson was initially arrested in 2019 and charged with crashing two weddings in Florence, Alabama. Another uh, outlet in Tennessee reported in 2021 that she had been convicted of theft and had her probation revoked after additional incidents in Mississippi and Tennessee. She was supposed to be in prison, but for some reason was not. Shout out Pontotoc County Sheriff's Office and, and God bless you whoever's wedding was ruined in Pontotoc by this woman. Glad you caught her. Rule, rule 38 of a crasher. Don't steal anything. That really should be rule number one. Rule number one, obviously, is never leave a crasher behind. But that should be rule number one. Don't steal anything. You can yeah. crash weddings all you want. Get the free booze and the free food. Have you know, dance with the ladies? It's great, but don't steal anything from the bride and groom. That's that's where she messed up. You ever crashed a wedding? I never have. Now, now I, I'd like to after I saw that movie. I, I was thought about it, but oh, I've done it twice. Oh, no, I've, I've, I've done it twice and didn't get caught in one and got caught in the other. So the one I didn't get caught in, uh, they were both your, your uncle Jim's kid. Come on, I know, right? Um, they're both with the same person. A girl I was dating in college, and I crashed these two weddings. Uh, one was in Oxford at, uh, oh, mm-hmm. what do they call it? Um, Castle Hill, isn't that what they call it? The, the, the really nice house that's a venue that, like, fraternities have formals and stuff, and sororities have formals and date parties. You're asking me. I don't I, What something in Oxford is called. Richard's not here today. No, Richard's not here today. Um, yeah, I don't but, know. But it was there, and... Mm-hmm. W- we didn't even know that a wedding was going on. We were just kind of driving around, and, and we saw a bunch of people there, and she was like, let's go see what's going on. And it was a wedding, and we just went in and went to the reception, and it was a huge wedding. Like, one of those weddings where you definitely don't have that many friends. Like, it had to have been somebody of, like, influence or whatever because they just invite people they don't even like to their own wedding. I never understood that, but mm-hmm. had to have been 400 a- a- attendees. And we were dressed well mm-hmm. enough. We, we had just had dinner, and so we were dressed nice enough to go to this wedding. And we did, and we ate, and we drank, and we danced, and nobody said a word to us. Like, like we were just ghosts in this place. The other one Why not? was in Atlanta. 
and we bit off uh, a little bit more than uh, than we could chew with uh, with this one. We were <laughs> we were staying in Atlanta for a, a few days visiting friends, and at the hotel there was a wedding, and mm-hmm. um, it, it was a wedding involving a culture that we didn't look like we fit into. <laughs> Uh, and we tried to go, and we had the nice enough clothes, and we went, and we were... I mean, let, let, let me just be honest. We, we were the only Caucasian people. You were fish out of water. We were absolutely fish out of water. And, and I, I, So I don't want to assign a, a country to the, to the people without knowing for sure. I think they were Indian, I, I believe. is. I think that it was an My Indian My neck wedding. of the woods, we'll just say that. Yeah, I believe it was an Indian wedding. They, the 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 women wore extravagant, like just colorful, just gowns, and and the, the guys were dressed much better than we were as well. And we were mm-hmm. we were the only <laughs> so we tried. And about ten minutes in, so, a guy walked up and was like, uh, "Who are you?" And we were just like, "Okay, you got us." And we left. We tried and we got caught. No, and yeah. you tried. So when we went to a media days uh, in. Atlanta two years ago. Is that, is that yeah? Uh, there was a big Indian wedding yeah. going on at the hotel that Sunday night before the, the media day started. I mean, a huge wedding. There there had to be five six hundred people down there. And I just looked out the window and I remember getting on the elevator and with a bunch of people from the uh, the wedding. And I just looked at them. I was like, I mean, look at me. Look at you. If I had brought a brought a sports coat, I could go down there and drink for free all night. And they were just laughing. I was like. <laughs> Like yeah, I'm, I'm I'm Uncle Rashad's kid, you know <laughs> something I don't know. So yeah, we should do. Yeah, it I've never day. done it. Uh, oh, I would absolutely be down for it, 100. percent So according to somebody on the text line here, this woman was keeping. Uh, she had notebooks full of weddings, future weddings with dates, names of the bride and groom from Memphis, Olive Branch, Tupelo, and surrounding areas. Again, if you're not a thief, I respect the hustle. Yeah. If you're just doing this to party and have a good time, then you, you've done the research. I respect that. But when you cross the line into breaking the law, yeah. then I have to say no. I have to say no to that. It, on my very limited experience, uh, find the big ones. <laughs> I mean, I've been to a lot of weddings yeah. where, I, where I've, like, of really close friends, and I looked around and I was like, you don't know all these people. There's no way. Mm-hmm. So you could blend right mm-hmm. in. I didn't, I didn't crash this wedding, I was invited. But there was a wedding where we were, uh, the day of the wedding, we're sitting out by the pool drinking beers, and we're all just like, I do not want to go to this wedding. And finally, one of the guy's wives was just like, let's just not go. So I had driven to South Carolina, did not go to the wedding, but went to the reception. Yeah. And we show up, and the groom was a good friend. And I did, he was just like, I didn't see it the way. I was like, oh, we sat, we got there late. We sat in the back. Sat in the back. We were there. We sat in the back. We were there. The reception's Beautiful the only ceremony. thing that matters anyway. I was very upset at that reception, too, because they had a, the, 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 the it was catered, and there's this thing I was like, oh, man, bacon-wrapped scallops. So I'm just piling all these bacon-wrapped scallops onto my plate, and then I bit into it, and they were water chestnuts. And that was oh, really that disappointing. Oh, that is the worst. So just, I was like, those are scallops. They're not crunch. It's like, those aren't scallops. No! So disappointing. Does anybody ever think, you know what I want? Water chestnut. A bacon-wrapped water chestnut. Even bacon-wrapped couldn't save that thing. It's a troll job, is all it is. It's for the aesthetics. And so, like, when the photographer takes pictures, mm-hmm. ooh, fancy, there were some bacon-wrapped scallops there. Bacon-wrapped scallops. There were not. There were bacon-wrapped water chestnuts. They, they, 
They got me. Six year one eight seven. Yeah, I would definitely be down to crash. We could, we could. I mean, you you kind of look like Owen Wilson too, so we could pull this off. We pull it off. We uh, erroneous <laughs> on all counts. We'll be right on back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi. Mark Stoops went viral last night. The Kentucky coach and his weekly coaches show appearance thing. A little early in the week for that, but they did it. And he was talking about the Georgia loss where his team played like crap and they got stomped in Athens. And this quote in particular is, uh, has been making its rounds where he uh, acknowledges fan frustration and then tells them what they can do with it. It's, you know, we, we got to watch it. We got to see it. You got to own it. You know, you got to solve it, and then we got to go do it. You know, the other side of that, the, the you know, the, the other side, if you want to do that, it's blame, complain, deny, or make excuses. And we're not going to do that. You know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, fans have that right. I, I give it to them. It, you know, I just encourage them to donate more because that's what those teams are doing. And, and uh, in, uh, yeah, I can promise you in Georgia, they, they bought some pretty good players. You're allowed to these days. And uh, we could use some help. That's what they look like, you know what I mean, when you have 85 of them. So, so uh, I encourage uh, anybody that's disgruntled to, to pony up some more. So, and there's, there's been two sides of that. One side is, oh, yeah, he's absolutely right. And you know what? He is. And the other side is taking that as essentially blaming their lack of funds on the loss to Georgia. So, if I remember correctly, they have 12 wins in program history over Georgia. Mark Stoops has been in Kentucky uh, since before NIL became a thing, and he's never beaten Georgia. Now, let's not kid ourselves. We all know uh, what the deal is. We know Georgia was building its roster in that way, since before NIL, that's always been a part of college football. The dollar figures are larger, but it's always been a part of college football. So in some cases, he's right. We say the same thing about the programs here. Look, if you want Mississippi State to be competitive in football, if you want Ole Miss to be competitive in football, the best way to do it is to be well-funded in the NIL game. I mean, it, that's just the reality of the situation. And so, you know, coaches help. They elevate. Mississippi State is not a well well enough coached football team right now. That is an absolute fact. More money would help no alleviate those issues. I mean, that's just uh, the the reality of college football today. But man, the timing of that statement—if I were a Kentucky fan—would make me so angry. It would make me so angry. Could you imagine if Lane Kiffin, after the Alabama game, got up behind the podium and said, "You know." We lost because we don't we don't have enough money. So if you're mad, be mad. Give us more money, and then we won't lose that game. Kentucky played like crap, like absolute crap. And it's not like that's a roster that's void of talent. They have a really experienced quarterback. They stole a running back from an SEC East team. Don't forget where Kentucky's running back came from. That they, they, you think that that Davis just I would just love to go play in Lexington. 
I mean, how do you think that how do you think that happened? How do you think Barry and Brown ended up in Kentucky? So, anyway. But your team played poorly. It would be different if if you played well and you played really well and it's just like, ah, we're that's, just that's a what, few athletes. That's what away. I wanted to ask you. Like if they if they lost 35-34 and it was just let's just say Georgia just had a, a receiver that was just eating their cornerbacks alive. And he goes and he's like, look, we're so close, and you guys can help us get there by helping us get the kind of athletes who can help stop that player. You know, you're sort of throwing your corners under the bus there, but whatever. Do you, do you take it more seriously at that point? Does it come across better than, you know, you just lost 51-13, to 13, guy. Unless you're going to get a, three or four recruiting classes like Georgia has, you're not getting there. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the, the way the team played okay. absolutely changes things. Take, take to, to loop in a local example, Ole Miss 2020. Remember how well mm-hmm. they played against Alabama, just got beat that night? Yeah. If Kiffin would have stood behind the podium and said, you guys see you know, what can be done, just we need help, you know, is what in that moment he would have said or could have said and been justified, right? Mm-hmm. But after this most recent Alabama game, he didn't do that to his credit, but if he'd have stood there and talked about money, nobody would have or should have bought it. Nobody would have bought it. Your team didn't play well. They weren't coached well enough. Kentucky wasn't coached well enough on Saturday night. Not only did they not have the players that Georgia has, but they were out-schemed and out-coached and out-prepared. Imagine if Zach Arnett after the LSU game. Look, LSU has has more talent than Mississippi State. They do, and that, that is a perpetual issue, basically. Although State has had yeah. success recently against LSU, but still, Generally speaking, LSU has a greater ability to acquire talent than Mississippi State. They have a talent-rich state that they have on their own, and they've got more money and resources. It's just how that works. But if Zach Arnett would have stood behind that podium after the LSU game and not blamed himself and said, we need more money, that's why we lost. We lost because of money. You guys don't give us enough. Donate more. How would that have been received? Mm-hmm. Terribly. Poorly? Yeah, I believe so. So, it's a... And especially during the season, when this is when people your people are spending the most on your program, I don't know. It, it strikes me as tone deaf. Kiffin got away with it at the end of last year because Auburn was a thing. Fans were, were just willing to give up money because don't go to Auburn. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss fans hate Auburn. Don't go to Auburn. Don't do it. Here's money. But during the season, when you are getting in your car from Jackson from Biloxi or Birmingham or Memphis or whatever, and you're driving your family of four that you already spent, what is it, $90 per ticket through the school on the website, so you're spending $400 on tickets, and then you got to drive there, and then you got to park, and then you have to eat, and and all the stuff that comes with it, and then the team plays poorly, and then your coach after the game says, you got to give me more, you don't do enough, ooh, the the timing of that is, uh, is awful. Ben says, just yeah, a agree. thought, but uh, even though it has been part of before, NIL and NIL progressed the issue. Do we think uh, seeing NIL eventually hurting college football in general? Um, I I mean, this is year three. And what has been hurt? I mean, maybe things change eventually. Maybe it does. But my question is, this is the third season of it. What has been hurt? Has anything changed? Ratings are through the roof. 
Yeah. Attendance is really good across the country, generally speaking. Not for the bad games, but attendance is good, good enough. Ratings are really good. There's at least the illusion of more parity. It may end up being Ohio State and Texas and Georgia and Southern Cal in the playoff or whoever, but there's a feeling amongst fans that we are halfway through the season and we have no idea who the best team in the country is. Oregon and Washington are about to play each other this weekend. Winner's going to make the playoff. At least it feels like it. So, it, it may. But, but after two and a half years, nothing has materially changed for me at all. Yeah. If the game is, it, it's just like everything else off the field. Once the game start, nobody cares. Nobody cares once they see the team come out and put their uniforms on. Nobody cares how the players got there. Nobody cares what was said in the offseason. They just care about watching the games. And that, 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 that's, that's for, for me, that's all the time, as you know, as, yeah. uh, as my constant eye-rolling when we talk about this stuff uh, in the summer would, would, would alert you to. But, yeah, for the, the average fan who is, you know, I don't know about NIL and the transfer portal and all this realignment, oh, it's game day. You get the memory of a goldfish on those things. Yeah, for, uh, for sure. Somebody says parody is mediocrity. I could not possibly disagree with that statement more if you're saying what I think you're saying. Parity is outstanding for college football. It is outstanding. Yeah. I mean, the, during the playoff era, there has been a serious issue with the sport on how the championship happened. The season was great, and then you get to the 14 playoff, and it was the same four teams every year with bad games and, and basically the same result or the expected result felt like the regular season ended up being meaningless. The fact that we can sit here in week seven and, I mean, how many teams are realistically, or you could make an argument anyway, for being the best team in college football? Now, you might think it's Georgia. I probably think it's Georgia right now, but Michigan has looked just as dominant. You, yeah. you think Ohio State, after the second half that they played against Maryland, you, you think that team can't, can't win games and win a championship? You're wrong if you think they can't. Did you see Texas and Oklahoma? That same Texas team that, that went to Tuscaloosa and won? Have you watched Oregon and Washington play? If not, you get to watch them play this weekend. Florida State's still sitting undefeated in the ACC with, with great quarterback play and, and elite-level wide receiver play. So as we sit right now, this season feels like it's completely up in the air. And in the playoff era, that feeling hadn't really existed. So has not. If it's mediocre to you, I, I and it, maybe I'm misinterpreting what you're saying, but this is great. This is this is great, and uh, hopefully it uh, hopefully it stays that way. We'll turn the page. Uh, unfortunately for this transition, I'm going to say this. Uh, speaking of mediocrity, we're, we're going to talk some Southern oh, Miss. Oh, I didn't say it. Don't clip me. I, I think even the Southern Miss Twitter people that spent the baseball season coming after me would agree with that statement. Either way, we will uh, we'll talk Southern Miss with Luke Johnson when we come back. Sports Talk. Sports Talk Mississippi. To the junction, in the groove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi.
Corky and Haydad with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Real quick message from Aaron before we get to Luke. Aaron says, this is how I see the playoff picture right now. Two teams from the SEC, Georgia or Alabama, Big 12, Oklahoma or Texas. Yeah, Texas didn't get quite eliminated uh, despite the loss. That Alabama yeah. win will keep them in that. Big 10, Penn State, Ohio State or Michigan, absolutely. Although 11-1 and one is on the table for Iowa if you look at their schedule. What a joke that is. Stop. Oh, look at it. Look at it. Get past Wisconsin, they're going 11-1. and one. It's a joke. And uh, out of the Pac-12, USC, Oregon, or Washington, and ACC, Florida State. That's a lot of teams, and you could even argue some additional ones in that mix as well. But we'll turn the page now. Talk Southern Miss with Luke Johnson of the Eagle Hour on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. So, Luke, before we go big picture stuff, uh, your thoughts on, on the game this past Saturday and, and how it shook out? Yeah, guys, another one that Southern Miss uh, didn't take advantage of opportunities. Tom Mims returned a punt for a, a touchdown and um, returned another punt for a touchdown and was called, uh, said he had a fair catch, and uh, that would have put the Eagles up even more. They get inside the 10-yard the line three different times, only get six points out of it. Still had an opportunity to win it on fourth and gold from the two. Frank Gore Jr. comes up about half a yard short, and it's just kind of the same song, different verse. Last couple of weeks, um, you give up a few good plays, but the defense played really, really well against the Old Dominion team that scored a lot on Marshall and beat Louisiana, and you know they they limited them to 17 points. And again, the third week in a row, late in the ball game, you got an opportunity to win, and you just can't come up with it. So. We've been talking about head coaches with the, their backgrounds. And when, when you have a, a defensive-minded head coach, you expect to be really good and, and sound uh, on defense. Take the Saints. So you got the hat on. The Saints are really good defensively. And they should be because Dennis Allen's their head coach. Ole Miss has a, although this year it hadn't been perfect always, a reputation for being a great offensive football team. Because Lane Kiffin's their head coach. Mississippi State fans expected to be a really good defensive football team. It hasn't worked out that way, but they've expected that because of who Zach Arnett is. Why is Southern Miss unable to generate offense at this moment? Well, the last two weeks have been the best two weeks, you know, under Will Hall offensively um, from a yardage and point standpoint. And then, you know, this past Saturday, they, they tried to reshuffle the offensive line. And when you look back at what they did in the portal – Offensive line is really one of the main positions that they they didn't overhaul or bring in a lot of uh, guys. Um, you know, they, they did get Gabe Cavazos uh, from Mississippi State. He started at left tackle, and they took Bryson Mays and moved him over to right tackle, and those two guys uh, probably had the best couple games. Um, the problem is they, they're just not getting much on the inside of the line. Old Dominion played a, played a light box, dropped eight, and still couldn't find ways, you know, to get Frank Gore Jr. going. Um, and, and so I think it's a combination of not being able to score in the red zone. Eagles are only 11 of 25 on the year scoring touchdowns inside the red zone and just kind of worst possible things to happen at worst possible moments. Uh, and, and so that's, that's the issue. I mean, a lot of talk, you know, about some of the play calls. Um, you see what they're trying to do. You understand the scheme. They're just not executing. So it, for you, is it more scheme? Is it more players? Is it more bad luck? It doesn't seem to be injuries this time around that that it, it's been in the past for free for USM. It feels like there's you know it's sort of a potluck supper of, of bad conditions here. But what's the main course? Where are we looking at and putting the most blame? 
Well, when you got a potluck supper, y'all know about this, you got about three or four entrees. So it's just kind of everything, you know, together. And I would say the last three weeks have been just unfortunate situations. I mean, you give the uh, against Arky State and um, against Texas State, you give a, a defense, I mean, an offense five or six short fields, and that's how you lose the ball game. Just little things like they, you know, they get inside the 10, but it's first and goal at the 10 yard line. Uh, you don't get a uh, a run. You miss a wide open receiver, and so third and nine, you run a jet sweep to try to iso a safety, and you get dropped for a five yard loss, and you kick a field goal. It has just been not being able to get the right play at the right time. Um, you know, defensively, they gave up three explosive plays, and uh, 17 points should should win it for you, especially against Old Dominion, who's been you know averaging more than that. So yeah, I mean, kind of to ask your question, it's it's three or four things every week um, that has just kind of, you know, doomed this football football team through the first half of the season. And um, there is a lot of chatter out there, and a lot of people are, are wondering, you know, if Southern Miss made, it a, made a, a bad decision. And I say this, they're better at quarterback than they've ever been. You have an elite running back. You just cannot, you know, get him in opportunities. Uh, they tried a whole a lot of different blocking schemes this past week, first time they've done – all year with several things, and just again couldn't uh, couldn't get anything going. Up here in Starkville, you know, we're looking at the states going into its off week, and the second half of the schedule is a little bit lighter. You know, the best team you have left to play is probably the last game of the season, which is the crazy one where anything can happen. For USM, they don't have they're they're off this Saturday, but they play on Tuesday a big game against South Alabama. Then they're off. But the back end of that schedule is tough. Aside from the game with Mississippi State, there's still App State, there's still Troy. Can Southern Miss put together a second-half turnaround, in your opinion? They're going to have to play a whole lot better, and they're going to have to get a few breaks at the right time. Um, I I did feel like they had the most energy defensively uh, that they've had all year. And again, I mean, we're we're still talking. This is Old Dominion. Like, you should – some of these teams I've been losing to weren't playing FBS football when I was playing high school football. So, yeah, I hate to be – Saying that, obviously, but that that's where you are. Um, a, a pretty cool story, and I think it added to some of the energy. Avery Hobbes played, you know, got back significant minutes. He had two sacks in the game. They did start better. They had a lot more energy defensively. Uh, but to your point, I mean, if you don't see, you know, something crazy good uh, a week from today, you have no reason to think that, um, you know, they could – the only game really they they – I have a chance in on paper right now against ULM. So yeah, they've got to to show a whole lot better. They've got to you know give Wiles more time, and they have to if they are able to run the football at all. I think this will be a different team in the second half. There's just nothing right now except for you know opportunities where you kick yourself. And you wonder what might have been. You got to take advantage of those, or we'll continue to see the same thing. So you mentioned that they've played close games. And that is absolutely a factor. But but nobody saw this this coming. And we had somebody ask us yesterday on the text line if there's fear of not necessarily losing the locker room, but but a locker room that that isn't buying what is being sold. Is there any sign of that at all? I don't think that at all. And I I think the fact that your team, at least you know vocally and publicly, and pressers and other things. You have a strong leadership on this team, and I think what it does is it speaks to the culture that Will Hall's built in, you know, being here for for three years. Because you don't have dudes jumping ship, you know you you have two games that you possibly could have won, and you come back and 
yeah, you lose by four, but you're in it to the very end. I mean, really, like the last three weeks, they've come down to the last offensive possession of the game. And you you say, with everything that went wrong, that they could have taken advantage of, that they didn't take advantage of, you still have the opportunity to win three football games that you didn't. I think that speaks to they are buying what uh, what he has put out there, and I think they continue to believe in it. And, you know, back, just back to ADAD, I think that gives you hope that they might win one or two down the stretch that they may not be figured to win right now. And uh, we have been asked a, a couple of times just to to, to relay the, those messages. There's, there's no actual, like, reality behind the possibility of, if it continues down this path, making a change after 2023. I don't see it. Um, Jeremy McLean, you know, last week put out that statement and – I think I may have shared this with you guys. I may not have. He just said he added that opening paragraph um, because he had already written. He was already cooking up that that statement, you know, to to relay kind of condition of the athletic department, some exciting changes they're making. And so he just wanted to address the frustration. So yeah, that statement last week. Nobody's on notice. No hot seat. I don't see them, you know, making a change unless something just pretty wild happened, and you know, you see where you've lost the team or lost the culture, and that's that's not it right now. Only got about a minute or so left, Will. But I'm sorry, Luke. I have I got Rogers on the brain here. I got two things going on. My apologies. Thinking of Will Hall okay. too. But no, uh, no change at the big position. What about coordinators, staff changes, or, or is Southern Miss going to try to see this through and into next year with the whole staff? Yeah, I think probably everything's on the table after the the season. You know, Sam Gregg's the offensive coordinator, but obviously Will Hall's the play caller. So. I think uh, that's everything's got to be looked at. When you have a season that doesn't turn out a season with expectation like this, you got to be willing to make the changes. And I feel like Will um, is is too good a, a football mind and too much of a realist to just to ignore that. And that's I hope you know they will revisit whatever needs to be revisited. You know, going forward. Luke, thanks a lot for your time, man. Uh, you know, maybe they'll win some down the stretch, and all all of the things that were just talked about will be uh, for. Nothing. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you uh, later on. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. It's Luke Johnson of the Eagle Hour joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Hey, hey Dad, is that so? Is that news that you're talking about, or, or should we tease that for when we come back? Or no, no, just, no, okay. no. There's, there's no news. No news. Okay, no. no news. So we'll get to, to Chase's message when we come back. Uh, Chase, I hope you're wrong. Let's put it that way, but you very well could be right. We'll tell you what he's talking about. We'll continue on on this Tuesday in the Pearl River Resort Studio. I'm Borky. He's Hayden at 601 879 is the Ceasefire text line. Join us there. We'd love to have you, and we'll be right back. Sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk, Mississippi. Super talk, Mississippi. Tough times in Hattiesburg, no doubt. Hopefully the Tuesday night will be fruitful for the Golden Eagles. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Hayda. Glad you guys are with us. Chase on the text line trying to bring the mood down. He says, we have such parity and then the dust will settle. 
The Pac-12 will cannibalize itself. Oklahoma will drop a game it shouldn't, like Kansas State, and loses the Big 12 title game. Texas drops one, like uh, Texas Tech. And then it'll be Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio State, and just one more team going into the final weekend of the season. Chase, shut up. (laughs) I think he's wrong on some counts here. The the Pac-12 is going to cannibalize itself a good bit, but somebody is likely to come out of that. Relatively unscathed. A one a one loss Pac twelve team this year is different than a one loss Pac twelve team in most years. Yep. You know, if if Oregon at the end of the year has one loss, they're going to be in. Uh, I think in the Big Twelve, I think you might see Oklahoma and Texas rematch with, at twelve and 0, 11 and one, and so the winner of that would definitely be in the playoff. And then we'll see. You know, the SEC. You know, it's going to be interesting if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Because it, you could very well have four conference champions that are sitting there un, un, either undefeated or with one loss, or I guess basically with one loss. Maybe the Big Ten champion is undefeated, depending on what Michigan and Ohio State do. I think the Big Ten is an interesting one because I think Penn State is capable of knocking one of those the Big Two off. And I think you know Maryland didn't. Did, they showed you in the first half that they're, they're tricky. They can maybe get Penn State. So. We'll see. He's probably the truth is probably somewhere in the middle between we're going to be, get to the last week with 15 teams still in it, and what Chase is saying. You're probably going to you might this might be a year where you have seven or eight teams you can look at, and then everybody's going to be like, well, next year this won't be a problem. Yeah. So hopefully it goes down uh, kind of kind of like that. Can't forget about Florida State just kind of floating out there. In uh, an ACC, they're there. Right yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about Florida State, but if they go undefeated, they're going to be in the uh, the playoff. Ooh, they played with fire up at Chestnut Hill. They Gosh, did. They got really close to blowing that. Uh, we'll get to lines here in a little bit. I think that uh, USC is going to play themselves out of contention this weekend. Frankly, they don't they don't play good enough defense to even consider themselves a, a contender right now. Uh, but they've got Caleb Williams, the great equalizer. I still can't believe Jed yeah. Fish. I mean, we mentioned it yesterday, but willingly giving the ball back to Caleb Williams is just something that... I'm not, not the way to do things. I no. can't wrap my mind around it. He's great, by the way. I mean, he's on pace for like 45 touchdowns and two interceptions this year. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, what gets Basically lost good. in their bad defense and everything is is the Heisman Trophy winner is possibly playing better than he did... Uh, a year ago. I mean, he's just special yeah. at this point. And, you know, it's not one of those things like, yeah, I think Bryce Young's going to figure it out. I, I do. Um, but Bryce Young had the, benef- the, the, the benefit of playing at Alabama where everything around him was great. That helps. I'm not saying Caleb Williams mm-hmm. doesn't have good weapons and things like that. But some of the throws that he makes, some of the plays that he makes are similar to Mahomes. I mean the the arm talent, the the ability to manipulate defenses and throw off platform and it changes arm angles and it's it is special. I mean what what a stark difference between he and most like watch Caleb Williams play and then watch Drake May play. Drake May is great. Yeah. He can't do the things that Caleb Williams does. He's not the athlete that that Caleb Williams is, but he is from a quarterback perspective, as good as what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. One of those guys is Tom Brady, and one of those guys is. Mahomes isn't the right one because Williams is a little bit more of a runner. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if Michael Vick's the right answer because Vick he doesn't have that kind of speed. But Caleb Williams is a unique player. We'll just put it that way. We got a couple of messages on the Southern Miss thing, by the way. Somebody says, I like Will Hall, great guy, but for the third year in a row, there's no meaningful football being played in Hattiesburg. 2,500 fans for the rest of the year. Until Joe Paul and Jeremy McLean make some major commitments to football, expect more of the same. So th- this is kind of an open-ended question. Can they afford to make commitments to football? Y- you can't just manufacture funds. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know the USM Athletic Department finances well enough to answer that question. No. My guess is, I mean, d- determine to d- d- find major, you know. Can they make a $50 million commitment? No. Can they make a $10 million commitment? Maybe. But as we mentioned, uh, I guess it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Uh, other teams in the Sun Belt are making some serious commitments to football. Texas State, who beat you recently, is heavily, heavily, heavily investing in a new player performance facility. Uh, according to Sportico, so so you can believe it uh, if you want, Southern Miss's 2021-2022 total athletic budget was $28 million. Uh, that is comparable to Furman. So if you, if you want them to make a, a big commitment to football, where does that come from? Where, where, where does that come from? It, it's, it's a tough conversation and ones that people uh, smarter than me uh, need to have and to, uh, and to figure out. Lines Tuesday, fishy line of the week when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Hour two on this Tuesday, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. So uh, let's look back just for a second. Because uh, I, I was looking at some numbers during the break, and uh, instead of giving you something rooted in hyperbole with a comparison to an FCS team, let's look at at least the 2021-2022 reporting. Uh, so things may have changed since then. This list with Sportico may not be accurate, but people use it, and so uh, we'll go with that. Southern Miss's budget. Uh, they were obviously not in the Sun Belt in 2021. They were in the Conference USA was ranked 11th in the Conference USA, only hundred fewer than $100,000 ahead of 12th place Louisiana Tech. Uh, Old Dominion used to lead the Conference USA. They are now over uh, to the Sun Belt with Southern Miss. The, the Sun Belt teams at the time, again, this is 2021-2022, is the best that I've got right now. 22-23 has not been reported yet, according to this. Southern Miss would have the 12th, largest budget. They would be ahead of Louisiana Monroe, behind Georgia Southern, Arkansas State, South Alabama, Troy, Texas State, Louisiana Lafayette, App State, Georgia State, Coastal Carolina, James Madison. Uh, They would also be behind uh, the aforementioned Old Dominion. And um, I'm struggling to find Marshall. Hey, Dad. I can't find them. Is that a private school? No. No, Marshall's not. No. I, I, I can't not find them there on this on this list. So either way, point is, uh, removing hyperbole, Southern Miss is dealing with a budget that is half. Nope, public. 
Okay. So, so I don't know why I couldn't find it. Maybe I just missed it with my eyes. But either way, they, they are uh, near the bottom, um, at the bottom of the Sun Belt in terms of athletic budget. I mean, that, that is the reality that Jeremy McLean faces. And so, I mean, Southern Miss has been successful in the past, and most schools are only a coach away. I know that they're doing things in NIL. Frank Gore didn't entertain the transfer portal in part because he got a package from Southern Miss. It's not all bad. But you know, when we get a message that says, well, they need to invest more, where does that money come from? It's got to come from fans. And that that's the only place. And, you know, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you want to invest in football, but who is inspired to, as a fan, invest in football right now when the team's bad? Imagine being a fundraiser for Southern Miss right now, going into somebody's living room and asking them for money to support the football team right now. Yeah. That's tough. They 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 need. Uh, I mean, I, the 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 thing that we always talk about with like the bulldog. I found Marshall the by the way ten million well. uh, more in their budget okay. than Southern Miss. Yeah, that's all Randy Moss who gave them all that money. Um, we talk about you know Staten's and Ole Miss, and it's the same thing here. Like it's great when you have your fans who are donating a you know, hundred bucks a month, and 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 you, you need some big big donors. Southern Miss needs somebody to step up and be like, here's a million dollars. Here's $5 million. You know, and, and Southern Miss has those kind of alums out there. They have rich alums, millionaire alums, famous athlete alums. They need some of those guys to step up and, and, and deliver for their university because it is a game about money. You know, And if you don't have it, it's, it's really tough to win. Southern Miss has a lot of the things in place that you need to win. I feel like they have a good coach. I feel like they have good facilities. I feel like they have they have tradition. Obviously, they just they they need something to put them over the top. No, no pun intended. Yeah, well, pun kind of kind of in, intended. It really wasn't. I just said it, and then I realized, hey, that's their slogan. Oh, just yeah. just own it. Own it. It's fine. No, I uh, I, I asked Chris Lamonis today uh, about his new hire for his new pitching coach, and I was like, what was your pitch? No pun intended. That's twice today I've gone, no pun intended. What was his answer? What was the pitch? The first thing he said was, well, it's Mississippi State. I was like, yeah, I like that answer. That That is a good answer. It's a little bit more nuanced than that because, yes, it is Mississippi State, but also... It certainly is. Yeah. His boss... He said he, he felt, you know, and obviously you can hear the full interview on Thursday's Thunder and Lightning podcast. Uh, he said that he felt... He felt like he he wanted to enjoy the challenge of working with some of the talented young arms Mississippi State has. There it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, that can work. So it is. uh, It is lines Tuesday. uh, Georgia, thirty-one and a half point favorite at Vanderbilt. That's one of those prison sentence games. At least it's early. Eleven a.m. Oh, get it out of the way. Man. Yeah, get it out of the way. I, I mean, especially with the early kickoff and the environment, can't you see Georgia just kind of sleepwalking like crazy through this one and not covering thirty-one? It, it, well, no, I could. I, it's gonna be tough for that because Vanderbilt's bad. But what I could see is just like a really slow start to the game, and then they just finish strong. It, one of those games that goes, they go to the half like seventeen nothing or something like that, and 
maybe a defensive touchdown or something. You're like, what's going on with this Georgia team? And then it finishes 48 nothing or something like that. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. Uh, Arkansas, Mississippi State's next opponent is uh, in Tuscaloosa, and they are a 19-and-a-half-point underdog. <sighs> Part of me thinks Alabama is just going to roll all over them. Because they have. The only team in the in the conference with a longer losing streak to Alabama than Mississippi State is Arkansas. Um, that said, I, I can also see KJ. I mean, it, the only thing that gets me is it's on the road. Yeah. I just don't. I don't think. I don't. So I don't see them, them, them being in this game very much. So, well, I would probably take the tide there. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it's going to get really ugly uh, there for uh, for Arkansas. I mean. I don't think Sam Pittman's saving his job anyway, but um, I imagine he already has his eyes set on Mississippi State to some degree. Where Look, they all can say one game at a time, one game at a time. I think he knows that losing to Mississippi State would it's, really put the nail in that coffin. It's always interesting to see, like, you're looking ahead. But a lot of times it's because you're playing a team like, you know, an FCS team, right? So you're like, okay. We're going to look ahead to the next game when we're playing whoever. But then you have games like this where you're like, we're not winning this game. we got no chance. So let's just go ahead and devote our focus to the next game, which we can win. Now, you don't tell your team that, but if the coaching staff, you're probably watching more film of Mississippi State this week than you are of Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M. Speaking of games that uh, matter for the head coach, Jimbo Fisher. Now, again, Jimbo Fisher losing this game and losing his job is great for Jimbo Fisher because he's going to get 70-something million dollars to go away. However, he could lose that job. Uh, Three-point underdog in Knoxville. Kind of a big game for Tennessee as well, but uh, Jimbo's got to win. I'm just looking forward to Monday morning us getting the news story that 100 pounds of cocaine were found in Jimbo Fisher's truck. Oh, fire for cause. Man... Call me crazy. Call me crazy. But that we we have only seen the beginning of find the dirt on the coach to fire him with cause stuff. You, you, you We've have only to try seen something. the beginning. You gotta get your hands in the dirt on this one. You can't come off of ninety million. You've got to figure something out. Sure, you, you got to find a janitor that he once was a little disrespectful to, and now it's an HR issue. You know, something, anything. It's crazy that Auburn tried and failed that, by the way. I mean, that, that's so funny to me, is how Auburn tried. It, you, Brian Harson must be a really pleasant husband. He, he must be really good and honorable yeah. to his wife because, yeah. buddy, they tried to make sure he wasn't. Bjork should send him an email five seconds after the game ends and like, hey, I need you in my office at 4 a.m. <laughs> Mandatory. If you're not there, you're fired. Oh, he's insubordinate. Fired for cause. We got to do something, uh, guys. Man. We can't come off of eighty million. Gas is gonna be five forty nine a gallon on Tuesday because they fired Jimbo Fisher. Who's on there? Who's number one, two, and three on their candidate list? Leopold's got to be one, Don't right? You? No, he didn't have to be one. He could be on the list. But he's not one. Who's one? If I'm if I'm Texas A and M, let's let's push all in. Urban Meyer. You know what Urban Meyer Push would do your at chips Texas A&M? Dominate. He'd win. Push your chips into the center of the table and say, I'm all in. 
After that, Lance Leopold is a fine choice. Jeff Brom would be a fine choice. Elko will get a look because of his connections uh, to Texas A&M. Is Brom leaving I Louisville, think... though? That, that's home for, for A&M. Him. It is home, but A&M says $10 million a year. Are you going to say no? $100 million contract. Just right. write another that's, one. That's, that's what I mean, just write another one at that point. And then the, the name that's going to pop up with everybody whenever there's there's an, is Kiffin, I just don't see it at A&M. No, he's, he's now. You tell me that that you tell me that Florida makes a move from Napier. Okay, I can see him going to Florida, but I can't see him going to A No, me either. Could you imagine asking yeah. him to do all that culty stuff that they do? Uh yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not coming to that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I got. I got literally anything other than that to do. <laughs> me and the dog are gonna hang out on the couch. Yeah. Six it's not that. Zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the ceasefire text line. We'll continue to look at these when we come back. Somebody says Petrino. I, I had a state fan uh, DM me about would Petrino be a good candidate, and I was like, he's got to prove eh. a lot more. I mean, scumbag eh. behavior is something you can overlook when they're a great coach. Are we sure he's great anymore? Anyway, we'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in Mississippi sports. You'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. You want to be a part of the show? Do it on the text line. 601-879-4395. We got this message that said, what coach could get, could State get to get them to the playoffs? Here's the thing. I don't think that conversation is worth having because there is absolutely no indication whatsoever that that will be a thing to discuss in the future. So so Richard was more careful careful than I was during the Ole Miss basketball deal. Kermit Davis was getting fired. He was never saving his job. It was, I mean, it, he was never saving that job. So I had no problem talking about candidates before he actually was fired because he was getting fired and everybody, including himself, knew it. And it was a waste of time to discuss the basketball team in any other way besides who's coaching them next. He and I just disagreed a little bit there, and that's okay. Totally fine. There is absolutely no indication whatsoever that Mississippi State will be doing a coaching search at the end of the season. None. Zero. There's no indication. So, spending our time talking about a replacement of a coach that's only coached six games in his career feels improper to me. It feels improper. So, until there's an indication of something real, tangible, and don't get me wrong, I mean, we talked about the buyout thing in the Andy Staples article because despite what some people say, Andy Staples didn't just decide randomly to throw Mississippi State into an article like that. He doesn't do that. He's better than that. So that's why we talked about that. But we're not going to do, oh, what coach would come and win unless there's a reason to have that conversation. You know what I mean? I think that kind of stuff needs to stay with like social media message boards until we get to the point like Ole Miss basketball where there's no shot in Hades that – Kermit Davis is returning next year. So we might as well talk about candidates. Hmm. For whatever that's worth. Okay. If you disagree, then then I'm I'm happy to do it. I just I I, I don't think it's appropriate. I'm, I'm gonna, we'll give it a few more weeks. Yeah. Beat Arkansas and then, you know, 
We're not talking about those things, yeah. Ooh, that is a good question, but we're going to get back to lines, actually. I will answer that on the uh, on the text line. Good question there. Somebody said, appreciate the take on Southern Miss. Hall's a good coach, trying to win with one arm tied behind his back due to budget and NIL. I don't know if I don't know if you can necessarily blame NIL yet, but when you look around yeah, the Sun Belt, there are teams that, that are going to be competitive at that level in that space, though. Yeah. We need to get somebody on. Is it called a To the Top Foundation or something? Is that what it is? They're we need to get somebody yeah. on from there. Yeah, we, we've had Walker Jones on. We've had Charlie Winfield on. I, I don't know who runs that, that collective, but we need to have them on. And I know I've said that before, but we really do need to do it, especially uh, especially now. Because it's a, well, it's just it's a different perspective for us. You know, when we talk to Charlie and we talk to, to to Walker, we're talking about you know in the SEC and these schools trying to compete. And I think it's very difficult for State and Ole Miss to compete with Alabama and LSU. But I don't think it's too much to ask. I don't think it's overly difficult to say can Southern Miss compete with Troy and South Alabama. I think yeah. that's that that feels like a much easier ask. But how, how do they do it? How do they go about it? That's something I would be interested to know. Yeah, for uh, for sure. Florida, South Carolina are playing this weekend. Did you know that? Florida, by the way, a two-point yes, underdog in Columbia. Yeah, and uh, if this game was in Florida, I would feel really good about taking the Gators. I, I feel like these are two Midland teams right here. Neither one of them are particularly great. Um, but at home, I would take South Carolina. To, to, I mean, if you, it's a two-point, so you're basically saying who's going to win. I think South Carolina will win the game. Important game for, for both. So the A&M-Tennessee game is very important for Jimbo. Next week's game will be very important for uh, Sam Pittman and, and Zach Arnett as well. This mm-hmm. game is very important for both coaches. Now, Beamer, I, I don't think either one is truly on any kind of a seat. But correct the, the the patience with Beamer's wearing thin over there in Columbia. They're wondering if it's if he can manage games and he win games. He won two games. Yeah, he won two big games. Other than that, he's done nothing. Granted, I mean those two wins were great. Don't get me wrong. But what else have you done? Right. And and recruiting well only takes you so far when those recruits don't turn into players that when you. Than when you football games. That's just kind of how uh, how it works. Missouri Kentucky could be a really interesting game. Two and a half points. I was about to say the East is got big games this weekend. That's Florida South Carolina big game. South Car- Missouri Kentucky is a huge game because both those teams still have Tennessee on their schedule. So it it could be a situation where that's that's the game that decides who finishes second in the East. Yeah, for uh, for sure. Missouri a two and a half point underdog. In Lexington. I, I kind of like Missouri in that game. If they can get up off the mat. They played, man, if they don't turn the football over, they beat LSU. They beat them, yes. Auburn, an 11-point underdog in Baton Rouge. I know what LSU is defensively. I've seen it for a couple of weeks now. That feels low to me. Even you, you Auburn that, can't that, score on that defense. I, I, well, there's that, but also Auburn is good defensively too. I think they are. They're certainly better than I don't know. Is Auburn better than Ole Miss defensively? That's a good question for me. I don't know if the answer to that one yet. I know Auburn's better than Missouri defensively, mm-hmm. but we 
in Tiger Stadium. Of course, we'll get the answer to that in a few. It, the fact that it's in the on the road is tough. Uh, you're you're right in that LSU probably wins a shootout because I think Auburn can move the football in LSU's defense. This is going to be a really good test of how putrid that LSU defense is. Because if Auburn puts up 28 points on you, buddy, you're doing something way wrong. Yeah, y'all got y'all got to change something there. So, but I just don't. I don't, can Auburn keep LSU? What's the number? It's 28, right? I, like I'm doing I don't good even to think Auburn's Auburn scored 28 points there. I really on that don't. defense, I don't know. They maybe can. What a three-week stretch for Hugh. Yeah. LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi uh, State. Yeah. Really tough road He's got to find a win in there. Got to yeah. find a win in there. Because they play Vanderbilt still, right? I believe so. Auburn has Vanderbilt this year. So they can get to six, but they got to get a win in that stretch. And they have Arkansas coming up at some point, too, right? Correct. They they can get to six. They're going to get to a bowl game in year one. Oh, and they might we, get seven. Oh, the the off season that we're going to have is going to be uh, vomit inducing. Well, well, I, I mean, I, I, I know where you're coming from, but at the same time, if he wins six or seven with that roster and that quarterback, it's deserved. It's deserved that they're like, okay, when, when Freeze gets this going, they're going to be going. Their quarterback is is that on another team this year? You know, you you know who I'm. I, if I if if I'm Hugh Freeze and I'm like, we got to talk, you know, realistic, right? He can't go get Kate Klubnick, right? But but could he could he coerce Jalen Daniels to come down to Auburn from could Kansas? We put the NIL deal together for yeah, that's the guy for that offense. That I think would be really really tough. Where does Leopold end up? Because I, I think he's gone. That's the other thing. Yeah, I, I, Kansas is trying and they're investing, and it's a really cool story. I, I think that. When you're at a place like Kansas, I would argue at basically every SEC school, not Vanderbilt, that there's a reason to stay. That you've got a top 35 job in college football, regardless of what it is, aside from Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Kansas is a you got to get out ASAP place. I know they're yeah. they're about to build a new stadium and stuff. That takes a long time, and it, it doesn't change your geography. A and M's going to be open. Arkansas is going to be open probably, which, by the way, I don't think you want Lance Leopold at either place. You want them to screw that up, or you want no. him to, to be even more patient. Because uh, Isn't he from Arkansas as well? I think he is. Oh, I don't know the answer to that. I, I believe that's the case. But either way, you don't. I don't think you want him uh, at, at either one of those places because he can recruit and develop and coach offense. Uh, yeah, I think that, that he's gone and uh, bringing – Quarterback with him would not be good for uh, for the rest of the SEC. Yeah. Game yeah, of the weekend: Oregon at Washington, two thirty, I believe, on Saturday. It is going to be a that's correct madhouse, an absolute madhouse in Seattle. Uh, a cool environment to uh, to offenses that are fun, to quarterbacks that are playing at an extremely extremely high level. The most somehow some way the most underrated player in college football is Michael Penix Jr. and the nation's going to yeah. get to see him on Saturday and buddy buckle up. The winner of this game kind of jumps to the front with the Heisman too. Should be. Yeah, you know, with Nix and Penix, I think that they uh they they could easily, you know, get right there with Caleb Williams. I think I I would bet big money right this at this moment in time 
that the Heisman Trophy winner will be a Pac-12 quarterback. That feels right. Yeah. I was wrong about Leopold. He's from Wisconsin. Thank you on the text line for uh, for correcting me there. He's from Jefferson, Wisconsin. Played at Wisconsin Whitewater, the uh, one of the two dominating forces there in uh, in Division Three football. Them and Mount Union uh, just kind of went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth forever. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I got Arkansas from, but uh, that's good. He's got no local ties to that region, so maybe Arkansas wouldn't be as enticing for him as I expected it to be. I just I have no idea where that came from, but. Uh, Anyway, appreciate you guys hanging out. There's uh, more big games. We'll get to those when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Mississippi, your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Brian Haydad with you on a Tuesday. We get this message. Understandable, Wisconsin is the Arkansas of the North. Haydad asks a question. What is the Mississippi of the North? I mean, that's a good question, right? What? Uh, Iowa? Because That right. was my first thought. Because Iowa City... And Des Moines, I guess, is the big city there. Is I mean, it's not just a massive city right. the way that that Jackson is just not a massive city. That was my first thought. But I was trying to think of something like along the Great Lakes too, because Mississippi has beaches. So you know, what what yeah. are the so you know? But Ohio doesn't really work, and Michigan doesn't really work. Minnesota. Yeah, they do have it is on the Twin Cities. Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi River begins in Minnesota. Does Mississippi has the Twin Cities, Carrollton and North Carrollton? Exactly. So, same thing. Uh, I've made that joke about a million times. My my in laws used to live in Carrollton. I was like, we're, we're going to the Twin Cities. Somebody said Ohio was my first thought because everyone rags on Ohio like they do Mississippi. So uh, I've been to Ohio. I, I have extended family there, and Ohio is the Florida. Of the of the north, absolutely. Ohio has has big cities in the lake, so they've got Cleveland, they've got Columbus. Columbus is big, and they have Cincinnati. Everywhere else in Ohio looks exactly like Mississippi. There's more yeah. Amish there though, but the states but are there's, identical. There's crazy. There's more crazy people in Ohio. Yeah. So I'm going Ohio is the Florida. I think Michigan is the Georgia of the north. Don't hate that. Because okay. Georgia's got nice beaches and stuff, and Michigan's uh, yeah. on the lake. Okay. Illinois is the is the Alabama of the north. What's the Tennessee? Pennsylvania? Because Pennsylvania has uh, hill country. Yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania is the Tennessee of the north. And then uh, there is no Louisiana of the north. No, Louisiana is a not. different different thing. Um, 
And then the Carolinas are like, I'm not, I can't, no. Nah. So, all right, so, for, for, wait, wait, we got, we got to have some, for, so Wisconsin is Arkansas, Mississippi is Minnesota, Ohio is Florida, Michigan is uh, Georgia, and well, whatchamacallit, Pennsylvania is Tennessee. Yeah. Works for me. Works for me, Kentucky too. is Kentucky. Kentucky is the Kentucky, Kentucky of the North. Kentucky it's shares also the border. Kentucky of the South. It is. They share a border with, the with North, Ohio. Yeah. The Cincinnati airport and, is in Kentucky. So, all right, there it is. Bubba says it's Iowa. One hundred percent. My company's headquarters is up there. All right. So, if Iowa is the Mississippi of the North, then Minnesota has to be something. Okay. No. No. I take it back. I take it back. We're, we're making another switch here. Wisconsin is the Louisiana of the North. That makes sense. Drinking food. Because yeah. they are drinkers and eaters in Wisconsin. And the same in Louisiana. Those two cultures would Minnesota. get along great. They're very different, but they are so oh, similar. What, they, they played each other. You know, LSU played Wisconsin, and they played yeah. at Green Bay. And they said, like, all the bar- bars around town were just out of, of everything. Because the LSU fans showed up, and the Wisconsin people were already there. Minnesota is the Arkansas of the North. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Iowa is the is the Mississippi yeah. of the North. I, I'm in. All right, we did it. Yeah. We we just we made the Big Ten into the uh, the Big Ten into the SEC. Doubt they're having that discussion up north. That's their loss. That is their loss. Let me tell you something right now. Up north, they wish they were down south. They wish they weren't getting snowed and rained on 300 days a year. They wish there wasn't so much pollution. They wish their food was better. I've got a buddy that uh, moved from Louisiana. So it, it kind of a sad story. He lived in, uh, in Lake Charles, and after the second hurricane, they were just done. Uh Took a job outside of Chicago, lives outside of Chicago now. And the way he describes food there is so funny. I mean, like the barbecue. They, like, they don't even put rub on the barbecue there. It's just like the plainest ribs you've ever seen in your life. Like, the, he said, you go to a steakhouse, and it's like they just grill the steak. That's all they do. And they, like, they'll give you mashed potatoes, and there's, it's just potatoes that were boiled and mashed. Like, there's nothing else in them. That it's the most boring Culinary Man, place I mean, he's ever been. What are we doing here? So people are asking about Indiana. Can we get? We'll give. We'll give Indiana, uh, South Carolina. That works. Yeah, just completely irrelevant. Somebody says New Jersey wishes it was Mississippi. New Jersey's. Eh? It's a beautiful New state. Jersey is Rhode Island. Randomly stunning, very small state. That's that. That's not even a state. It's like a county. Basically. Hines County is bigger than Rhode Island. Come on. <laughs> I think I think Hines I think Delaware, Connecticut, and Rhode Island should just be merged into one state. And then we can it add It still would be the smallest state. We could add Puerto Rico. Because that's way cooler yeah. than Delaware. I know it's yeah. technically kind of already a state already, but like make them one of the Let's make the Virgin Islands a state too. Exactly. Don't need a passport to go to the Virgin Islands anymore. Yeah, just merge. I could, Delaware, I could be wrong. New Hampshire. You might, you may not need it now. I don't know, but yeah, no, 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 no New Hampshire and Vermont stay. New Hampshire, Delaware, Vermont. Rhode Island, Connecticut. Merge the little them back all. end of uh of New England there. Yeah. So we got to add two states, 
Virgin Islands. I think you have to have a passport to go to Virgin Islands because it's it's BVI, right? Not anymore. It's a state now. No, they go into the the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah, I'm in. I mean, just take it over. What are they going to do? We already own it. It's the U.S. Virgin Islands. It's already ours. Really? Just make them a state. Yeah. There's British Virgin Virgin Islands and there's U.S. Virgin Islands. Well, let's let's take the ones from the British. We got to flex our muscle a little bit. Oh, okay. We're taking we're taking all the Virgin Islands, all of them. We're telling Britain, don't come around here no more. Didn't we already teach you this lesson once, old man? Is that what we're doing, George Washington? You need, you need a reminder. What happened at uh, what happened at Ticonderoga? You need you need a reminder of that, huh? Yeah. Is Cornwallis still running things for y'all? It's going to surrender again. You bunch of pansies. Yeah, St. Thomas like needs to this. be a state. I mean, yes, absolutely. Make you don't have to, go stars, to a, have to have a passport to go to any U.S. territory. Well, still. I just said, yeah, you're, we're definitely getting rid of Connecticut. Connecticut, Mar- Rhode Island, and Delaware are now there. That is a new state. And you know what we can do? Del- it's called Delaware Island. Yeah. Connecticut, you just lose. And we can merge the Dakotas if we need to. They just Just... Get rid of the line. No, no, no. And and we can. But I was just saying we can keep <laughs> I think, adding. If I think there's to. some deep seated uh, issues there. Hey, what are they going to do? So one of my friends has a, a brother that lives in uh, North Dakota, and every now and then, whenever I say something about how cold it is, he will send me a screenshot of the temperature in North Dakota. <laughs> it's, it's always like minus forty eight. Oh, like God, that's not real weather. No, it's not. It's like Hoth. It's like the Tauntaun has come running out at, at you. Uh, we also can get rid of the Carolinas. We're not getting rid of the Carolinas, Justin Tupelo. You want a fresh one, Britain? Let's go. <laughs> That's right. We ran them off in the War of eighteen twelve too. We're 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 going for the the the, the four game sweep. We're, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna. And we tied them in you, soccer you piece in the of, World Cup. So you want a piece of us, old man? Uh, huh? Who who wins in a fight between King Charles and Joe Biden? I think Biden could take him. I'll be honest with you. I think I think King Charles has been waited on and doted on his whole life. He doesn't know how to fight. Yeah, no shot. But at the same time, Biden is from isn't he from Delaware? So I don't know how he's going to feel about some of these things we've we've done here today. Oh, I mean, do we know how he feels about basically anything anymore? I mean, yeah. Uh, well, okay, you got a point. You got a point. You got a point. So. I mean, he's got to be told where to stand. So anyway, ah, Gallo, 6 o'clock, doesn't matter. Yes, I'm in on this, though. We need more Caribbean islands as official states. I like this. Delicon Island, that's the new state. Yeah. Delicon Island. Which is not an island, but still. Road road etiquette aware. Road etiquette aware. (laughs) I don't know. It sounds like road etiquette. I don't know. Uh, Delicon Island. That's our new. That's a new state. So he said, "Just joining. We're a sports boy." <laughs> it's geography today, guys. Geography talk, Mississippi. Yes, sir. And a little history as well, as we're talking about tearing Britain a new one again. Yeah, just reminding the Brits of who's boss. That's all. We should we should just go to war with them every now and then, just just to prove. Hey, still got it. You know, you know like yeah, you know, sometimes the. The dad has to take the son outside and yeah. on the on the hoop. 
Same thing. You know how that would go, though? Uh, so so back in ancient times, some they would line up their armies and would just do best on best. Get the champions out there. Yeah. And, and you know who we're sending, right? Well, I'll Barack. tell you who we're sending when we come back. No, no, no. We're not sending him. We'll tell you when we come back. 601-879-4395 is the text line. We will be right back. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. It's a good song choice. Yeah. For what we're about to talk about. The modern day warrior. Alright. Alright, so if we Sport, the Sports Talk Mississippi. It is. Uh, more, more or less. Most Sometimes. of the time. It's an off week. Right, I mean, so we're having, no we're, we're having trial on. by combat. We're having an old school, you know, Grecian battle where the armies are massed and we're going to send our champion yeah. to fight for us. I don't know who the Brits are going to send, first and foremost. I don't know who they would send. I'm not worried about it. But who I know who send. I'm sending. I know who I'm sending. I'm not worried about because I know who I'm sending if I'm put in charge. General Haydad. We are sending the alpha male of our species. We're sending Brock Lesnar out there, and good luck. Good luck. Ain't nobody taking Brock Lesnar down. That guy will literally beat up any human being alive. I I, I don't care who it is. I don't care who you who you bring out there. Brock Lesnar wins. You know, he's especially from, in a fight way. where there's no rules. He's from Minnesota. Well, he's born in South Dakota. So there goes yeah, my merging yeah. the Dakotas idea. He'd probably yeah, not no, like that. Yeah, Lesnar, Lesnar wants to keep his home state, yeah, for sure. He'd be our Achilles. Yeah? Oh, yeah. But except, except he doesn't have an Achilles heel. The, the man's basically invulnerable. What is that Fantastic Four movie where one of the guys gets like the nuclear or whatever, turns him into a, like a rock man? Yeah. That's Brock Lesnar. That's what he looks like. He yeah. looks like he is Somebody's a like, man made of stone. Somebody said, isn't he like 50? Who cares? He's 46. That means he's got old man strength on top of everything else. <laughs> that guy is a... is There's no... There's no if you said one person has to fight for you, you know, if I'm, if I'm Tyrion Lannister and I get to pick my, my champion in a trial by combat for my life... I would pick Brock Lesnar every time. We, we get this good uh, submission, though. Travis Kelsey and his Kimbo new Slice army is dead, of by the Swifties. way. Somebody says him. Yeah, that's a good point. Kimbo Slice is mentioned, but he's he's passed yeah, he away, passed. so that's no good. Man, what an internet sensation that guy was. But, yeah, Taylor Swift's army might be the largest in the world. Like, if it, if it came down to... Oh, it could take over a small country, yeah. Yeah, no for question. sure. I mean, they could go to Canada. The, the Swifties could take over Canada. Just send them to Toronto, and then the rest of the country will fold from there. There are more Swifties than there are Canadians. 100%. I mean, hold on here. How many people? Population. And now they're learning the ways of, of violence Canada. by watching it's, football every Sunday? Okay. So the population of Canada is only 38 million. Oh, Don't tell me there's not 100 oh million. Like, we're 3 to 1 on that. Easily. Just in America. Yeah, and you would have yeah. some internal strife in Canada because there are Canadian Swifties yeah. that would turn. No, oh, on we'd Canada. have defectors. We'd have defectors. 
we'd have a Benedict Arnold in our ranks of, of taking down the Canadians. There's no question about this. We may have unleashed a new power. Like this is like Lord of the Rings. The Swifties are the Urukai. We we've just we've just created a new army. We've just created an entire new army. Like you and I are Sauron up there. Like a new power is rising. They've got the white it's hand victory of Travis is at Kelsey hand. on their face. Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, you know. no, just a Chiefs logo, just right there on the side. It's just a Chiefs logo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tonight, the land will be stained with the blood of the Oak of the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Leave not alive. <laughs> This, that's that's where I'm going with that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh man, he better not break up with her. Oh, his life is over. I've if already they, told if, you. If, if I already told you my plan her, for that, right? Done. I already told you my plan for that. I want him to break. I want them to break up the week of the Super Bowl next year, two years from now, when the Chiefs are in it and she's performing, and then she does all she sings is "We Are Never Getting Back Together." In the other team's jersey. Like, whoever they're playing. They're playing the 49ers. She's wearing Brock Purdy jersey. That'd be the greatest thing you've ever seen. That'd be an epic troll job. I fear for his safety. I mean, she better be the one that breaks up with him and says, Hi, Army. He's very nice. We just... You know, we we have busy lives or whatever. Anything short There's of no that, way. he needs. You can't to... do that though. That's her brand is getting broken up with and writing songs about it. That's how she makes her living. Can't change. How many football puns can you fit in one album? Oh, I somebody did that the other day on Twitter, and it was incredible. You I'll have to find my heart. Like they, yeah, it was like we. You know, I should have called timeout. Personal foul. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Personal foul is good. No more holding for me. <laughs> Pass interference. I mean, they write themselves. Oh, man. 6 That was fun. Yeah. That was, that was really fun. What we got the, more lines when we come back. Though. Yeah, more lines. What was the, uh, the stream of consciousness to get there? What? Uh, we were going to take the Virgin Islands from Britain. So somebody said that Wisconsin is the Mississippi of the North. Yes, that's how we started. That's, no, that, Wisconsin was the Arkansas of the Arkansas North. Arkansas of the North. It started there. started yeah. there, thanks to Lance Leopold. Things happen. Mm-hmm. It's all they ever do. Uh, we will do our midseason report cards for Lane Kiffin and mm-hmm. Zach Arnett. We'll uh, get the train back on the tracks, buckle down, talk some football, and we come back mid-season Maybe. Report cards for the head coaches here when we come back. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Got a lot of laughs during the break of the text line giving us the uh, Taylor Swift breakup song title for when her and Travis Kelsey inevitably drop the charade. 
I'm Michael Borky's Brian Haydad. 601-879-4395 is the text line. You want to be a part of the conversation. That's how you do it. Right now, we're going to get the train back on the tracks. Talk a little midseason grades for Lane Kiffin and Zach Arnett for the college football fixture. My Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. It's an off weekend, guys. You got nothing to do. Well, there's some good football as well, but not your teams. So the Miss will play Tuesday. Ole Miss, Mississippi State are off this weekend. So stop by your local Mississippi Ford dealer and test drive an F-150 today. Or, really, this weekend. For the college football fixture, my Ford... Mid-season grades. We are officially halfway through. Can you believe that, by the way, guys? We are halfway through the college football season, at least here in Mississippi. Twelve games, six of them have passed. Lane Kiffin, Zach Arnett. Let's start with Arnett in Mississippi State. If you had to assign him a letter grade for how he has coached the season so far, not the team, the, the coach specifically, how you would grade Zach Arnett at the halfway point of the 2023 season, you would give him a grade of what? Yeah, well, you know, I hate to be harsh, but how can it not be like a D? I mean, I feel like, I, and I may, I may be being generous, to be totally honest with you. If you said F, I wouldn't argue too hard against you. Um, he just he doesn't appear to be comfortable defensively, which is supposed to be his area of expertise. This team has taken a massive step back. Offensively, they've been inconsistent. Um, and and they're sitting at three and three, which you know again I predicted them to be three and three at this point, but this is not the three and three that I predicted. They were completely uncompetitive with the LSU team that we have since seen uh, does not have the defense to to be as dominant as they were against Mississippi State. Um, against South Carolina defensively, they just fell apart and cost themselves a game that they they could have won. They just haven't been very good this year. They haven't been very consistent this year, and. They've put themselves in a really bad position through through six games. So D is where I would put I would put Zach Arnett. Yeah, I, I it's was... crazy to think. By the way, it's crazy to think. By the way, that if it was the three and three that I had in my mind back in July and August had happened, I'd say A. The record isn't the issue. It's the way they've looked, and that's so. Yeah. I don't think you can give a failure uh, because they have won yeah. all of their non-conference games. They did beat Arizona. Now lose to Arizona, and you might be having that conversation possibly. A little difference, but, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not losing to LSU and losing to Alabama. Although what's crazy to say is they played Alabama better than State has in recent years anyway. Yeah, I mean, they, they have. They were better they there. Um, yeah, D's an appropriate letter grade, especially when it feels – Disorganized. You said it yesterday. You kind of hit the nail on the head, and and I, I was meaning to to climb on some state message boards to see if anybody uh, resonated uh, with what you said. That's not natural, him. That they, they can't be. Right. For for three years, when when you got to talk to him on Thunder and Lightning, or when he joined our show, or just in press conferences, there was real personality there. And now he was kind of like grumbly football guy, but but there was authenticity to grumbly football guy, and it. Yeah, it feels like it's it's not authentic, and I point back to after the Alabama game, even though the team played better than State has in recent past, as we mentioned, the the not being confident in a decision that you made because it, it went poorly, the the kind of walking back a decision I shouldn't have made that decision, even though it was the right one, the the lacking confidence. It feels like it's kind of coming out of that program is. 
he's not confident in what he's doing. And maybe he is. I'm not inside of his mind, but it feels like Zach Arnett's just not comfortable doing what he's doing right now. And hopefully maybe the bye yeah. week will, will inspire some of that to let go of the coach speak, let, let go of that. Sometimes your players screw up, and it's okay to say so. There's a difference between throwing a player under a bus and being honest about what the player did. It's okay to do that. Be yourself. Yeah. Be comfortable. Yeah. Be confident in the decisions that you're making because you're not making bad decisions all the time. Not everything that, that fails means the process was a failure, if that makes sense. So, right. Um, right. Yeah, D uh, for, for Zach Arnett. Lane Kiffin. I mean, how do you not give him an A, right? I mean, especially when you think about him being uh, sort of the opposite of all of Arnett, right, in that Arnett, defensive coach, defensive, the defense has been bad. The offense has been pretty good for Ole Miss. I mean, outside of the game against Alabama, they've been really, really good. Um, the LSU game, I feel like Lane Kiffin won that game. I thought his play calling was spot on. Now, obviously, defensively, they weren't very good, but his play calling was spot on. He he, he called the right place at the right time, um, and, and I just feel like you know the comments he made the other day about the fans, where he said, you know, I've been hard on them, but after this game, I have to get. Yeah, that's that shows growth. That shows some maturity. That shows that he's you know he's starting to to, to get comfortable there. Uh, and in Oxford, and in a good way, you know, you can be comfortable in a bad way. He, I feel like he's comfortable in a good way there in Oxford. So, I mean, if you wanted to say, look, they should, you know, they should have been more competitive with Alabama. They need to be a little bit more consistent. And you want to say B plus? I can, I can get behind that. But I think Kiffin's done a fine job thus yeah. far. Yeah, mine is A minus. So, if if you told every person affiliated with Ole Miss, fan, coach, if you got truth serum out of the coaches. Uh, they yeah. would have taken five and one after six weeks, considering mm-hmm. al- having Alabama and LSU and Arkansas, and for that matter, a road trip at Tulane. Just kind of throw that in there if you'd like. Uh, being five and yeah. one at this spot, if you'd have told us in August that that's what Ole Miss was going to be, what, the reaction would have been, "Oh wow, like that. That's a great start to the season." And, and yes, they could have right. played better at Alabama. Th- th- there's a chance that they could have won that game if they played better, but they didn't. Uh, but being five and one at this spot is absolutely worthy of of having an A grade. The, the reason I do A minus is because of how Alabama went. Not losing to Alabama, but that game still felt like he he approaches that game differently than all the others. And that that's I think a knock on on this season so far for him is just moving forward. If you get to play Nick Saban again, treat it like any other week. Don't don't do the press conference stuff. Don't don't do anything you wouldn't do for any other opponent. Just handle that game mm-hmm. and approach it the way you do all the others, and and that's fine. Yeah. But they they've gotten better in the fourth quarter. They are significantly better in the fourth quarter on both offense and defense than they were a year ago. That was a real problem. Ole Miss would come out of the half and be bad last year. It simply we're not good. Red zone offense has gotten better as well. Uh, so, so things you were looking to see improve on, they did. The quarterback situation didn't get weird at all, uh, and it, it could have gotten weird, and it didn't. That was handled much better than it could have gone for sure. Uh, there was no charade. I mean, publicly there was one, apparently internal within the team and the players. Everybody knew what the score was long before anybody was named a starter. Internally, it was handled well. So, quarterback has gotten better, and that was handled fine. They've gotten better in the red zone. They've gotten better in the fourth quarter. Alabama week got weird, 
and that's not good. But uh, five and one at this point is worthy of an A, A minus for uh, for sure. Uh, we did get a message, Will Hall F. Yeah, I didn't want to pile on because of what we talked about earlier. But if if you want to loop Will Hall in there, I I, I really can't. I mean, the season to this point has been a failure. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, there's no getting around that. I think Will Hall. The thing is, I think Will Hall would tell you the same. I think he just look at he's like, I have not done a good job. He, he would be the first to tell you. Dwayne says Arnett, a big C, needs to get more involved in the defense. Another one, you have to give at least a C minus until he loses a game you didn't expect. I mean, that's a good point. I, I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, especially with LSU, seeing LSU give up 700 yards. And 50 points to Ole Miss. Seeing them give up, I don't know how many yards it was to Missouri, but but nearly 40 points to Missouri. And State had 14 points in 200 yards. That It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Now, the one D-minus, he's shown no coaching moxie or mojo, nothing that is for his team to hang their hat on. George in West Point says, uh, I would give him a C-minus. We all felt like they would lose to LSU and Alabama, but not so much to South Carolina. I mean, I thought they were going to lose to South Carolina, but at the same time, I thought they had a chance to win. And they and here's the thing: they they did have a chance to win. They did. They just didn't get it done. No, they uh, they did it did not. Jonathan says the college football season is already half over. She's uh, time slow down. He also says, as a rebel, I'll gladly take five and one at this point. Another one, good call. I agree with both of you. We appreciate that, JT. Glad you're with us. Hey. Jim says, uh, Jim and Grenada says, defensive-minded coaches do not make good head coaches. With all due respect, Jim, the winner I mean, of the two, two most coaches recent in the conference. national championships. Yeah. Top two coaches in the conference are defensive guys. They've been smart. Yeah, for sure. The play calling at Alabama and the clock management. I, clock management for Kiffin. I don't know if that's a, a negative. I don't know. I, I disagree with you there. But yes, you can You're absolutely. Maybe he left LSU too much time, but I mean, it worked out. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. Well, we'll get to more of your messages when we come back. We also got to finish lines and give our fishy line of the week. We'll do that when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Jen Teal. Genteelapparel.com. Genteelapparel.com. Com. Professional talker cannot talk. I'm doubled up right now. I got a genteel uh, polo on as well as the uh, the Q-zip, and uh, buddy, this and hey, that's got it too. I couldn't tell the glare. I, I, I didn't want to. Yeah, there it is. Great. Stuff. Lean back here and get a comfortable, quality stuff. This this quarter zip. This I, I've got the performance wear. I think is what they call this one. Uh, it is perfect for the kind of weather that we're getting right now, like lower 70s where when you put it on in the morning, I mean, it was perfect for the golf tournament this weekend. It was kind of cool in the mornings, like 
lower 50s and you put it on and you can wear it all day without getting too hot. It is is perfect for this time of year. Gentealapparel.com. They've also got the collegiate collection, so if you're still looking for some gear for the back half of the college football season, you can find it there. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. Somebody says, "Spot on, guys." Arnett has zero emotion on the sidelines. He's got to get back into the defense. They're not supposed to be this bad. Kiffin is showing his worth, and you pointed that out again yesterday. I, I, I'm going I'm to think about that all week now, and I, now I'm going to watch his sideline demeanor moving forward. The the, yeah. la, the lacking emotion. It's a because because you noticed it obviously more than I did. I. I didn't, but now I'm going to think about that all week. Is where, where was that guy, or where is yeah, that guy? Yeah, he looks, he looks totally different. He looks totally different. All right, well, it is time. It is for time. Our fishy line of the for our fishy line of the week. That's brought to you by our good friends over at PTG Outdoors. They are ready to help you. Remember, guys, they're just the messenger. We know, you know. We were just talking about college football season. We're halfway done. It's difficult decisions to be made every autumn. When you know you look at the boat and you're like, ah, well, that's the last time I'm taking her out this year. But that day's coming up soon, so call to book your spot now on their schedule to get your boat or RV winterized to avoid costly repairs later. And you can use our promo code SPORTSTALK. You get a 10% discount. Plus, PG, PTG is on your side. Your side-by-side, that is. Not only do they work on boats, but side-by-sides, UTVs and ATVs. If you're needing repairs, PTG can do that. Two locations to serve you in Grenada and in Greenville. PTG Outdoors, they bring you the fishy line of the week. I've got mine. I want to give Vegas some credit. There was not one that just had the ultimate stink of, you know, week-old fish sitting in the fridge. I had to search for this one, but I caught a a little faint sousant. Of something here. Last week, Louisville, really, really impressive victory over Notre Dame. Really looked good in that game. Looked like, you know, Richard had said in the past, could be this year's TCU. There's they 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 had they looked like that last Saturday. They're playing a pit team this weekend that's one and four, that hasn't won since their season opener against an FCS squad. They are not good. Yet Louisville only a seven and a half point favorite in this game. Maybe Vegas is thinking coming off the uh, the emotion of beating Notre Dame as badly as they did, and everybody kind of talking about them right now. Maybe they they're gonna walk into a trap. I don't know, but that game stinks to me. I think Louisville should be a much bigger favorite than that. That is my PTG Outdoors fishy line of the week. Louisville minus seven and a half over Pittsburgh. That was one of mine. Because that doesn't make any sense either, unless they're expecting an emotional letdown for Louisville, winning, storming the field, all that, over Notre Dame, finally getting the national recognition they deserve, and then you go on the road to a sleepy Pittsburgh in front of, I don't know, eight, nine, ten thousand people at most will be at that game. Maybe that's what they see there, but yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Here's another one. Oklahoma State, frankly, has really disappointed this season. They have yeah. a blowout loss to South Alabama. Now, they did beat Kansas State last week, and maybe that's something. But Kansas has been really good. They are really good. Their only loss is Texas, where the Longhorns ran away late, but Kansas was in that game with a backup quarterback. And they're only a three-point favorite at T. Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma? 
That doesn't smell right either. Yeah. I mean, first off, we are talking about Kansas being a road favorite. I know, that right? in and of itself Ranked is weird. Kansas that's, that's being odd. a road favorite. And we're and then, and then we take it a step further, Borky, and we're saying they're not favored by enough. <laughs> what what kind of world are we living in? What we, up is down, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. I, I knocked the camera off track there. Hold on, let me get that back. There we go. Ah. Uh, yeah, it's weird. That's, I, I like that line, though. I, I like where you're at. That, that doesn't make any sense at all. I, now, this isn't a fishy line at all, but I do love Notre Dame minus 2.5 at home against Southern Cal. I love it. I know that they just lost to Louisville, and I know that they struggled with Duke. I love, love Notre Dame at home this week. I don't know why. I love it. I don't it. know about that. It doesn't make any sense. I know. I see it, and I love it, and I can't explain it. There's no rationale. I can't explain it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just not sure about that. Uh, now, do I think it'll be close? Sure, but I don't think it's it's. So, I think USC wins the game. So, yeah, we got asked by the way about how the fishy lines of the week did last week. Mine, not good. We don't need to talk about it. Terrible. That's it's just awful. Who'd we you don't. have last week? I don't even remember. Army. Who'd you have? Oh, they, what they happened got to them? I don't even. They got, they got beat. About, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I good. had it right. Yes, you did. I had it right. I had Old Dominion was an underdog to USM. I didn't get that. Richard got it wrong. He had LSU. He ended up being right, and that LSU covered that line. But he he was convinced that game was going to be a blowout, and it was not. Somebody says it, it's so. because USC would give up forty points to Southern Miss Borky. Exactly. I watched them play defense, and they're so. But so they can bad score on anybody. They can score. And if Hartman's going to give the ball away, he had five picks last week. That's incredible Yeah, from him. Didn't he do that at Louisville so. when he was at Wake Forest also? Didn't he have a, like a four or five turnover game last time he was there at, at Wake Forest? Something about the possibly I, no I longer him. Papa John's stadium. He's a big dominoes guy. Yeah. Just can't stand it's, uh, it. It's Sam Hartman. Yeah. So, he, he, you don't just walk in the LNN Federal Credit Union Stadium and just pick apart the Cardinals. You just no. don't do it. It's not done. But that is uh, that's your fishy line of the week, Ada. Yes. Our fishy line of the week is brought to you by the good folks at PTG Outdoors. Check them out online. PTGoutdoors.com. Two locations. Greenville and Grenada. We they're get, gonna have a. Uh, they're gonna do something with us uh, this this spring. They want to have us there when, when they're having a tournament on. Ooh, buddy. So we're gonna Can be. Can we uh, participate in the tournament and finish dead last? Yes, and look, I found. I, look, there's. You put the weights in the fish, and you win. Yeah, just don't. Keep gonna, going. We're gonna try that. You just can't get caught. I mean, what are they gonna do? Ban us from fishing tournaments? Okay, I don't. I don't. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I wasn't planning on coming back. What, what's the grand prize? We can make that work. Yeah. Yeah, no big deal. We should be smarter about it, not lead weights, just like, you know, natural things that they eat, just yeah, the hatch. Yeah, exactly. Big, big, big wad of seaweed or something. I don't know. <laughs> 10-pound block of seaweed. Got in that Got in that bass somehow. Yeah. Here's a message. That's, that's what I would do, too, Borky. Like I, I wouldn't be any, wouldn't be subtle about it. It wouldn't be like a five-pounder now weighs five and a half pounds. I'd be like... It's called a 28-pound bass. Yeah. 
I don't know why he's circular. We get this message. Sometime back, y'all were talking about how Belichick could be the best of all time, and I responded with, he was Tom Brady made, and he was a failure before Brady, coaching another team, and now there should be no argument that Don Shula, he went to Super Bowls with four quarterbacks. There is that discourse in NFL land today about uh, Belichick. Yeah, I saw that. Here's the thing. There's truth. The there, there's truth and there's not truth to the Belichick only won because of Brady False. thing. How yeah. many coaches have won Super Bowls with bad quarterbacks? Uh, Brian Billick. It has happened, but to, to yeah, win six and to be as successful as they were, while he was also managing roster, by the way, he wasn't just coaching. Yeah, he, he's, he's building the roster as well. It's not just Brady. Now, it does make you yeah. wonder, why are you not successful without him? Sean Payton's, yeah. people are talking about Sean Payton right now. Look at his record without exactly, Drew Brees yeah. as a starting quarterback. It is not good. Yeah. Yeah. But I also say, with, with Shula, I don't know that I would take him as number one anyway, even without Belichick. The Walsh yeah. had a Shula for me. But six Super Bowls or six Super Bowls. I mean, Aaron Rodgers only has one. You know, to, to just to say that it's just Brady, I think that's disingenuous. However, it does make you wonder why haven't you had good quarterback play since or before Brady? Right. Especially since you're the one building roster. They need to move on from Mac Jones, though. I don't care what Dan Orlovsky says. He's he's not. Some guys just oh, aren't it, terrible. and he's not it. Um, yeah, I agree with that. 6-0-1-8-7-9-43-95 is the text line. We'll be right back. Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. get this message. Wow, good quarterback helps win. Earth-shattering news. To win big, generally you need a good quarterback and at least a few pieces around him. Great, he says. The worse your quarterback is, the better the surrounding cast must be. And yet, when you make the comparisons of things that, you know, teams that won Super Bowls decades ago, game was a little bit different back then. Uh, quarterback efficiency was far less important. Look at some of Brett Favre's really good years. Look at Brett Favre's college stats. He was a great college quarterback, and look at his stats. If you don't know any better, you think, oh, he sucked. But that was the era. And so now, efficiency at that position is so vital because they are asked to do so much more. So accuracy and, I mean, the timing of everything, the arm strength, the windows that these guys are having to throw to throw in, it's just so much different than it was back then when it was three yards in a cloud of dust and you won a game 14-10. to 10. And now to win a Super Bowl, you've you, you got to score 30 points every week in the playoffs. Average quarterbacks can't do that anymore. It's totally different. Just that simple. Just just that simple. Football is, football is the same, but it's also different. 
and and you just hit, hit the nail on the head right there. You know, you just you have to be able to score. You have to have big explosive plays. You can't just rely on your running game anymore. Yeah, got to have got to have quarterback. And we are reminded that Belichick had a playoff season with Matt Castle. Yeah, just because it's ugly right now doesn't mean it would always have been. I don't know. I'm I'm weary of the using this as evidence of it was never him when stuff like that happened. Will from Kosciuszko says, if you were in charge of Davis Wade Stadium, what are some of the ways you would upgrade the venue and the game day oh experience? That's that's a whole show, man. That's that's. I know you. I know you podcasted me. about this, so uh, let, let's do. We have, like we've a been talk, well, we've been talking about it a lot. We've talked about it a lot. I mean, there, there's some. There's so many things. Uh, you you got to get a little bit more modern in your lighting. You don't, you know, the LED lights are something that a lot of high schools have right now. You've got to go get those. You've got to be able to put on that kind of light show. Uh, you got to improve the speaker system. I mean, I sit in the press, the press box on about the 50, and I can't hear the, what's the music being played. It's all garbled. It's all blurry. You got to fix that. These feel like easy fixes. One of the largest speaker, uh, companies in, in the world is an alum. P, Hartley Peavy. Went to Mississippi State. So, you know, I'm not saying he's got to give them to you, but you could at least call him and see maybe you can get a deal. Um, you know, there, there was an incident last week that made the, the rounds of a guy showed up to his seats and then the seats were just covered in trash from the week before. You know, right now it just feels like Mississippi State, like there's just like some, some malaise, if that's the right word, at, at Mississippi State. And I, what I feel from Zach Selman, from, from talking to him and talking to people, is that. He's kind of like Santa Claus right now. He's making his list and he's checking it twice. And when we get to the end of the season, or maybe even maybe even before that, you're going to start seeing some some upgrades and some 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 new policies in place that that bring Mississippi State a little further along on the game day experience. Obviously, when the team is winning, that helps you a lot. But you got to have these things in place so that when the team is winning, you can go from good to great. Yeah, you know. What what is it? Good is the enemy of great. And now some people say that. Yep. You know, you can't. You can't. It's not enough just to be good. And certainly, if you're bad, you know, that's that's even worse. I I I would challenge some fans. You know, it's difficult to do. I, I'm not going to tell you that you know you're a bad fan if you don't do this. But a lot of Mississippi State fans, you know, they only go to games at Mississippi State. Go to a game somewhere else. Go to a game in Oxford. Go to a game in Baton Rouge. Go to a game in in South Carolina or or, or, or Tennessee. And compare what you see there as far as to how they use their music and how they use their lights, how they use their jumbotron to the way Mississippi State does it. It'll open your eyes up a little bit. I was, I will occasionally log on message boards just to kind of see how how fans are reacting, and I know that's definitely not the best gauge of of a fan base at large. But I did see some sentiment that was like, the only reason why we're having this conversation is because the team's losing. That if they just win, mm-hmm. all of that stuff will be great, just like everybody else. And and to your point. No. Winning does cure a lot of things, and, and having a full stadium charged up for a big game obviously feels big. It does. But, man, mm-hmm. I, I've been in college football stadiums all over the country, NFL, NBA, college basketball, all that. And the mm-hmm. stuff that goes on when the ball is not in play absolutely 100% impacts an environment. When you've got three-and-a-half-minute commercial breaks and there's nothing for the fans to do, it becomes a roller coaster. 
instead of a, a building crescendo of energy. And most importantly to me, it's not about you. Like If you're listening to this show right now, if you're driving home from work or if you're already home and you've got us pulled up or you're listening to the podcast, you're a diehard sports fan. You're there for the football, and that's what you care about. But I've got a four-year-old next week. He will be four. Can you believe that? I've got a four-year-old. Yeah. He doesn't understand football yet. But you know what he, he likes? the lights and the sounds, yeah. Lights. He when when lights I hear somebody, it's like the music is too loud, that, that tells me that you don't get it. Yeah. Like the music is never too loud. You know, they're not going to put the music at an ear-splitting decibel level. But right. the, the music needs to be loud. It does. The, 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 the announcer needs to be loud. Because you want to, you get people excited, and it helps so, the players. And the other too. thing is, this, you know, yeah, winning is great. You want to win. That's why you're out there. But winning, and then you've got like a Mickey Mouse operation. That that just looks weird. You're like, why is the team so good, but everything else is so so bad? Right. You don't want to have that. So yeah. fix it. And a lot of these things, I mean, it's going to cost money to fix LED lights. It's going to cost money to fix the speaker systems. But a lot of stuff, I think, state can fix. Without that doesn't cost any money. I think I think there are some things they can do that just make the game day experience better that, that won't cost anything. Yeah, exactly. It's all this stuff is not for you, and the the schools have to do it because it is getting so much easier and so much easier and so much easier to stay home. and And I've taken my son to high school football games, and frankly, they don't grab him because nothing happens. Mm. Yeah, it's just football, and that's great for me. I love football. I love the purity of high school football. But he doesn't he's he's too young to understand the game. And so once the snacks, once he ate all the snacks, it's like, okay, Dad, let's go home. But if I were to take him to a game that has all of the other stuff, he would last. And so when you've got a, a dad of a four and a seven year old in Jackson, and his coworker's like, Hey man, I got some tickets for the game this weekend. Do you want him? That kind of stuff gives you less reason to say no. Yeah. Because not everybody's just, I need to go watch a football game, and that's all I'm in for. you got people with families and, and other stuff, and it, it's it's an all-encompassing thing. Winning does cure a lot of things, but all that needs to be better because Mississippi State hasn't truly sold out a football game like where every butt was in a seat since when? Where every, every seat had a butt in it since 2018. 20, that's not just 2018. football. That's other stuff, too. The, the, the fan base is big enough here. It's not just because the football... Yeah. And the, since 2018, not all the teams have been bad. This is not accurate. Yeah, no, no. There's no question about that. Somebody made a point that like, when you win, it makes you push things down the road. Ah, oh, we're winning. Let's not, I don't need to mess with anything. Nah. Winner, winners are always improving. They're always trying to get better. They always want to be better than the day they were the, before. Yep. Somebody says your kid would be hooked for the future, too. Let me tell you, I, I took James to a Mississippi Braves game. There was, it, it was early. It was cold. It was like one of the second or third games of the season. It was really cold uh, their opening weekend. I felt terrible for them because they did all this really cool stuff for the, the opening uh, opening series, and it was cold. But we still went. And, again, he didn't really understand baseball either. He knows throw, hit, whatever. But there were fireworks during the National Anthem. And then somebody hit a home run, and they did the LED lights, and the lights were going in and out, and in and out, and in and out, and all that. And then at the end of the game, there were more fireworks. And Buddy, baseball is his favorite sport. 
He knows nothing about it, but he's like, Daddy, baseball. Let's go to a baseball game. Let's go to a baseball yeah. game because all that other stuff happened. And also, we got a helmet with ice cream in it. That that uh, yeah. that helped as, uh, as well. JC says, forever ban the kiss cam? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I see that. Charlie says, preach on brother with Kiss on the Cam. The problem with Kiss Cam is that unless you're winning big, it, it doesn't work. No. If you're ever losing, nobody wants to see Kiss Cam. If the game is close, really nobody wants to see Kiss Cam. Kiss Cam is something for games where you're winning big. Yeah. You find that sweet yeah. old couple that still gives you gives you each other a fat smooch, and then you turn yeah, around yeah. and you're beating directional no. school. Never mind. And, yeah. Never mind. Charlie says, I'm beside the press box. Poor TV quality. No, it doesn't match the Jumbotron. Totally bad audio. Yeah. Bubba says, during the back era, the big night games were electric. but They they were, but it's because of the play on the field. The, 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 the other stuff didn't match. I will say it was, it was a little better back then, though. I feel like it's gone downhill since then. Mainly because they had a change in athletic directors. Yeah. One guy got how to do that stuff, and one guy doesn't. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We'll read some uh, more of these messages as we wrap up the show on this Tuesday. It's Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We get this message and we'll end the show with it because we haven't talked Whoop. about it yet. Somebody says, just now getting to listen to you guys, has there been any update on Will Rogers' injury? Actually, thanks to John Sokolov, no. uh, we heard from Zach Arnett at the Memphis Touchdown Club, apparently. Shout out, John, for mm-hmm. for this. Uh, he said nothing. I mean, part of the quote is, both yeah. guys are doing fine talking about uh, Woody Marks as well. Um they're, they left the game and we didn't put them back in. Didn't think we needed to put them back in for the game. Both are evaluated daily, and the bye week can get them ready for the stretch run or something like that. He gave no. They'll be back for Arkansas. Nothing definitive. I know that. Right. I know that there's a rumor out there, and I have no idea the validity of it. Uh, so perpetuating that on this we, uh, show is probably not the best idea. But Zach Arnett offered nothing on that front. And we have we have an availability with Arnett tomorrow, uh, and uh, with some players. If obviously if Will is one of those players, we might have a really good chance of finding out something. But we'll see what we can get out of Zach Arnett tomorrow. I don't know that it'll be much, but we'll find out. Marks is interesting. Um, did he re-aggravate an injury? Because I I know he's been banged up, but was he did. it a re-aggravation? He did. That's I believe so. I mean, he was he he got he was on a carry. He got tackled. He he came off the field and didn't go back in. He's having a really good year too. He is. He just he just they can't they fall behind, so they can't keep giving him the ball. When he's they're giving him the ball, he's good. Arkansas should be What's the up? kind of game that you can do that with if he is healthy and available to play. Yeah, yeah, he should. Yeah. He's a guy who needs carries, you know. 
even in the in the games he's not getting a lot of carries. He's, he's his average per carry is good. It was good against Alabama. It was not good. It was good against uh, against LSU, but they just don't give him the carries because they fall behind and they start throwing the ball. Have you seen this Japanese high school baseball prospect that has declined? I haven't watched getting drafted. The highlights, but I'm not looking forward to seeing him at Vanderbilt, though. So there is a they call him the Japanese Prince Fielder. Uh, he's a high school baseball prospect. He's a first baseman from Japan. He uh, did not submit his application for the draft and uh, intends on coming to the United States and playing college baseball. He hit 140 home runs, set the all-time Japan in record in high school. Yeah. And they think that he is he's that next guy from Japan to come and here and be a star. By doing this... By coming to, to to America for for college, he can become eligible for the draft after his junior year, which would be I think twenty twenty seven is when that is. Whereas if he stays in Japan, he's not eligible to come to America because of the way their things are set up until twenty thirty. So he will get a jump on America and going into MLB by doing this. And as you might guess, like I, I was, I'm not joking when I made that comment a second ago. Vanderbilt is a big time player for his services. There's going to have to be a, there's going to, have to be a football style NIL deal to get this kid, which means you can limit him to about six, seven schools, right? Yeah. They say he, two of which might be in this state. You never know. They say that he's he's valuing education in this decision. Make him mm-hmm. not value it as much with a financial compensation yeah. package. If he is as good as the people that cover baseball say he is, mm-hmm. pay him like a football player. Yeah, he, he's a guy who you can give six figures to, and he'll be a difference maker for you. How incredible would that be? I mean, let's just future trip. I, I, with, with no evidence whatsoever yeah. to suggest that he would even consider uh, here... Could you imagine if and what well, what people the, the don't understand is a superstar from Japan the following yeah, there would be is there be media here every day there there would be media from Japan that moved yep. to Starkville Oxford Baton Rouge wherever he ends up there will be a couple of of people that move here and do cons- constant reports and Japanese people would go to your games I mean that they. Yes. They support you pick up some athletes yeah. like like no other culture does. It's incredible, honestly, yeah. to, to witness. Uh, that would be a spectacle. I, I hate to say it like this, but that would be a spectacle like we haven't seen in Mississippi before. If if they could pull that off. Just the uniqueness I mean, of the situation. Think about if Arch Manning had come to Ole Miss. It would be more than that, even. It's crazy. Especially since this guy would, would play as a freshman in all likelihood if he's as good as they say. Yeah. Uh, 6 year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. We appreciate you guys being a part of the show today. Always glad that you were uh, are with us. And we'll be back tomorrow at 3 o'clock. For Richard and Haydad, I'm Borky. Y'all have a great rest of your night. i got to bolt out of here. they got to get some stuff ready. See you guys tomorrow at 3 o'clock. See you then.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.